Hey, I'm Mike. Hey, I'm Ethan. And I'm David. I watched the first half of Escape from New York. I watched the second half of Escape from New York. And I watched all of Escape from New York. And this is, is the, the other, other half. half. Get the hand trimmers. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Other Half. Today we have our third guest on the program. Everyone welcome, David! Yeah! David, say Woo. hi. David. Hi. <laughs> he's a fan of the David, show. David's fan of the show, he's, he's a little shy. He's real shy, he's a little shy. Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am a fan though. Yeah, he's he and he's a friend of ours. Uh, he suggested a couple movies for us to watch, including this one. He wanted to watch us, this one, like a normal person. Yeah. Like sit down and watch it. All like together. That sounded really stupid which though. Which is not unfair. What do you mean? We've seen John Carpenter movies before. Oh, it's true. I love John Carpenter. We've seen. Did you? Were you there when we saw They Live? Yeah. Yeah, that was a really good movie. I like John Carpenter. Uh, the Thing is a fantastic film. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the best really horror good. movies mm-hmm. ever made. And uh, yeah, and so this was just another Halloween. one. Halloween. One of his better known movies, but yes. Yeah, I don't know if I like it as much as the other ones, though. No, but it's it's still notable. It's still it's a very notable Carpenter film. He is a carpenter. Of filmmaking. Mm, that means he saws it up and cuts it up and puts it, puts together. it together and That's makes it look shiny. That's a analogy, though. <laughs> yeah, he cuts. He cuts. <laughs> cuts the tape. Cuts a record. Cuts a deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's <laughs> cutting up the dance floor. Big Trouble in Little China. I haven't oh, seen yeah. that one. Oh, you haven't seen that movie? No. Is it uh, good? It's pretty good. Oh, and also oh, in that seen, movie. I've only seen parts of it. Also in that movie is Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell's in every movie that's John Carpenter. No, no, is it? no, he's not in Halloween. I know. I know he's in quite a lot, though. Yeah, he's in quite a few. Well, it all he started. was in uh, John Carpenter movie Sky High. Uh, no, that's a lame <laughs> joke. Oh, uh, you gonna say that? <laughs> it started with this movie. This was the first time that Kurt Russell was uh, cast out of like uh, Disney movies. Is that true? Fun fact. Yeah, actually, here's another fun fact. Um, the last words that. Walt Disney ever said was about Kurt Russell. I'm not joking. This is a completely true statement. Really? You guys are all laughing. The last thing Walt Disney ever said that was written down was that he said Kurt Russell is going to be a big star one day, and then he died. I'm not joking. That's that, a completely that true sounds statement. Totally made up. Look it up. Then he got his head chopped off. Then he got his head chopped <laughs> off and frozen. <laughs> uh, That's one way to go. Look at yeah. the Matterhorn. Speaking, I know. Speaking of Kurt Russell, John Carpenter. <laughs> let's get back on topic. So, uh, this movie was, as you said, the first time that Kurt Russell made something that wasn't a Disney film, right? Um, well, I don't, I don't know if that's like, I think he largely did like Disney. He did a lot of Disney films like in younger. And this is a hell of a way to go because he is a fucking badass. No, yeah. This was when he actually like transitioned to more like adult, serious, action oriented movie. Ones where there was cursing and blood and shit. Yeah. Speaking of which, this movie was kind of gory at times. It's pretty gory. A little bit. Not as much in the beginning. 80s gore. Uh, Speaking of which, let's get on to the beginning. So the beginning starts with just a bunch of fucking captions. Just a couple people showing up, including, you know, normal. We've got uh, Henry Dean Stanton, who plays the character of Brain. We've got, of course, Kurt Russell. And, oh yeah, Ernest motherfucking Borgnine's in the movie, ladies and gentlemen. Ernie Borgnine? Give it up for Ernie Borgnine. Come on. You know who Ernie Borgnine is? You motherfucking... (laughs) I thought I was going to get a reaction out of Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> nope, just blank stares. Wait, who was he again? He was the cabbie. 
Oh, yeah. Ernest Borgnine. Oh, come on. You guys. What I mean, did he do? Oh, right. gee. I don't know. He was in so much stuff, including uh, he was Mermaid Man in SpongeBob. <laughs> I just assumed that's what you would know him from because you guys don't even know who Ernest motherfucking Borgnine is. I don't know. Well, anyway. I he's feel abused. I'm sorry. I'm uh, really bad with like names. That's fine. And faces. <laughs> and everything. And people. <laughs> uh, and on top of that is uh, another, another person in the movie who plays a very big part is uh, Angel Eyes from... Uh, oh, what's the name of that movie? Um, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. He's in the film. You guys ever see Good, the Bad, and the Ugly? Yeah, I've seen it. Okay, so the guy I'm with the, remember who's in it, yeah. the guys with the really like the guy with the really squinty eyes, angel eyes. You know, he plays the character of what's Clint his name? Hawk. Hawk. Wait, was that the? Um, what I wrote it down. He's the. Uh, is, what he, he, is he the Steve Buscemi lookalike? No, <laughs> I wrote down though. Let me get into that. Okay, so the movie opens up. With a uh, basically just a a bunch of information. In 1988, completely surrounds Manhattan Island. All bridges and waterways are mined. The United States police force, like an army, is encamped around the island. There are no guards inside the prison, only prisoners and the worlds they have made. And that is the premise of the film. That's dumb as hell. (laughs) You know, it's dumb. Like, it's straight up dumb. Like, okay, let's take this densely populated area uh, you know what we spent that is worth millions of dollars yeah. and just boarded up it's dumb and let's put all of uh, the unlikables and unmentionables in there and let's also let them just run free in this like yeah. giant area because that's what they said is that it's also it's like a, basically a bunch of like burrows here's the thing I don't know and not that. donkeys we I'm talking about burrows I had no idea what the hell was going on this entire movie. And oh like, my god, like, really? I was like, is this Pocus Apocalyptic? Like, what's going on? <laughs> oh yeah, that's it, where it's it, taking it, place. It kind of is. Like, is. In some ways, but it's more like uh, but, it's more like RoboCop type yeah like a lot of like rundown stuff i thought robocop as well here's an interesting thing too so this all happened in 1988 Hmm. but the movie takes place in 1997 which was in the future which is supposed to be now it's oh man um yeah and so then the movie opens and we have a, a a helicopter uh landing in a uh what do you call it like in the prison and we are introduced kind of to snake he walks out of the helicopter and he's walking around snake bliskin snake bliskin we don't know his name yet and then uh we are then introduced to i think this is why david likes movies so much a plane which is labeled david 14 did you notice that (laughs) i didn't notice that (laughs) uh and the people uh, who are taking over the security don't know what david 14 is they don't know what the signature is i don't know what david 14 is it's air force one and on david 14 is david 16 david 16 who is also known as the president of the united states of america and it has been uh it's been um uh hijacked by the national libertarian front of a liberation front of america and they have this big spiel about how um, they are going to basically take the president and they're going to crash it down into the Manhattan zone, into the Manhattan uh, prison. Capitalism bad, imperialist pigs. Exactly. It's exactly (laughs) what they say. Uh, What else? They're going to drop them in there and there's nothing you can do about it, basically. 
And so <laughs> there's a really funny part where they're trying to break open the door to the, like the pilot's room, which is where the people have like, uh, 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 what do they call it? Um, they've taken over the plane. They're trying to break down the door uh-huh. and there is like a secret service guy. And the, he comes back and goes, they can't, they pressurize the door. We can't break it open. And the president's like, why don't, well, why don't we just like kind of like take it off its hinges? And the guy goes, no. <laughs> was, I remember that part. Yeah. Like, Can we shoot the lock off? No, it's no, pressurized. it's pressurized. Well, why don't we just like take off the hinges? No, and that's the end of that's the end of the conversation. It won't work. It's <laughs> uh, a good way to explain away the movie. So they put the president into a little escape pod. Oh. Escape what? Speaking of which, did you get like a very Air Force One kind of vibe? I never saw Air Force One. Okay, spoiler alert. There's a terrorist. <laughs> the, the president goes into an escape pod on Air Force One. Well, that that is a Air a, Force One doesn't have an escape pod. Oh well, in this in in, in David fourteen, it does have an escape pod. <laughs> yeah, this, you've never seen David fourteen before, have you? <laughs> I mean, maybe it's a newer one. Maybe it's a new model. Well, well I mean, yeah, I this mean, is the future. I mean, this is 1997. That's I mean, so far advanced. Pretty far into the future. You know, and, David fourteen is going to put all that money <laughs> into, into an escape, escape pod. Because what if? <laughs> what if they get yeah hijacked? So the escape pod gets shot out and lands in the middle of the prison. And so uh, Angel Eyes, uh, or Hulk, I believe his name is in the movie. He's the- uh, Hulk? Hulk? H-A-U-K. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Hulk. Hulk. Wait, something I just realized. What? 1997 is when this movie takes place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Air Force One, the movie- Came out in 1997. Dang. Conspiracy? I think so. (laughs) Harrison Ford. (laughs) Tell me about your escape pod and your David 14 knockoff plane. (laughs) Get off my damn plane. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, the escape pod lands in the middle of the city. Angel Eyes is to go save him. And when he arrives there, they see that the escape pod has been broken open and the president is nowhere to be seen. Then Super Saiyan Buscemi is what I call him. It's totally accurate. <laughs> oh, is he is he the fem, feminist looking guy? He looks insane. I don't know. Does he look like Steve Buscemi? Does he look like Steve Buscemi and his hair is insane? His hair is all spiky, right? Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to call him Super Saiyan Buscemi. Okay. Um, Super Saiyan Buscemi shows up and he says, yeah, yeah, you guys better leave or we're killing the president. And then he shows them that he's cut off one of the president's fingers is basically like proof cool. that he has him. I know. And Angel Little is like, let's make a deal. Let's talk. Like, what do you want? And he goes, 20, 19, 18. And then they get out of there. And so then we are introduced to Snake. Wait, was that like a bomb? No, no, they, he's basically they, they saying, them with, "Yeah, like we're gonna basically execute the president oh, if so you don't leave in the next okay, like twenty minutes." Yeah, exactly. Okay, I get it. Yeah. So then they have to, and they're like, you know, they don't know where he is, so mm-hmm. they bring in Snake. Snake. Do you know that actually almost got? Uh, Kojima almost got sued by was it Paramount? Oh, I bet because, because it's seriously it's, exactly he the same ripped thing. Off, it, it, he ripped off him. He did actually like take the character like eye patch, a Everything. lot of like the same themes. His name is Snake. A lot of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the whole like special forces kind of motif. Yeah, they Snake. totally, they totally. But then I think it was John Carpenter was like. Man. He actually said, nah. Yeah. He's, I like he's, Metal Gear. He's cool. I like Gear of Gmail. He seems cool. like a pretty cool guy. He's cool. And then he played the most recent versions of the game. He's like, fuck this guy. No. <laughs> this, the new version is good. New game good. All right. Well, uh, then we're introduced to Snake. And basically, uh, what's his name? Bob? Uh, Ocelot. Uh, Angel Eyes <laughs> says, hey, we're going to need you to go and save the president. And Snake's a badass. And he's like. Fuck that shit. I, I, fuck the president. President of what? <laughs> fuck everyone. So, wait, his origin is he's just... 
He was a special forces who stole a bunch of money or tried to steal a bunch of money okay. from the so Federal he's, Reserve. He's he tried to rob basically the United States, like their entire. Oh bond. dang! They don't like that. They don't like that. They don't like money being taken gonna, from them. They don't like, it, especially when the, the skate pod gets taken from Dave sixteen. 14. 14. Well, well, I'll, I'll go into it later, but like there's a whole reason why like they chose that backstory specifically. All right. Uh, here's my problem. The movie opens with Snake landing in the helicopter and then the president goes down. So did they? They were, knew it was going down. No, they didn't. They, they didn't, didn't. That was the thing is it was an unregistered f- flight plan. They didn't That's know who they David didn't 14 know. was unless Snake Eyes is in on it all. Or wait, Angel Eyes is in on it all. The police commissioner's in on it all. No? No. Oh. No, I don't think so. Oh, so it's just shitty editing. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I, I think it was just like a coincidence. No, it is not a coincidence. What was the, what would be the point of bringing in Snake unless they needed him? Because he's being transferred to the Supermax prison. Oh, is that what's been going on? I think that I believe and they just, they were like, oh, okay, cool. He's here. Let's actually talk to him and give him a... Well, this sure is convenient. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they actually because really it seems spelled like, it out. No, because the thing is, is like, the guy gives all this explanation. Like, you have been in situations like this. You were special forces. You've been in a situation where you needed to go in quietly and get a guy and bring him back alive. And that's where we got you. Hiding boxes. You exactly. Know. You know, yeah, you, have, you yeah. have giant exclamation points that appear above uh-huh. your head when you're found. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it that. seems like they picked him out, like handpicked him. But I guess that's not the case. No, I think it's purely coincidental. All right. Well, you know me and coincidences. Case. I don't like them. Um, and so then uh, it, it, Snake's like, well, the fuck should I help you? And then the commissioner's like, uh, because if you do, then we'll give you utter freedom and we'll drop all the charges. Like a free pardon, basically. And he's like, uh, and then he does it. Um, so then they have to like, they, they bring him to like a medical ward and they like attach like this thing to him that like, like basically tracks his vitals. And then we're introduced to a very interesting plot point where uh, if he doesn't return in 22 hours, there are cores that are entered into his bloodstream that will explode inside of him. That was very confusing this entire time. I was like, (laughs) what is this clicker? What's going on? Like, why is he so excited to get back to base? Yes, because they don't want him running off. He's got a very strict timeline yeah the strict timeline is basically like if you don't return here with the president alive we're gonna kill you and he had no like he didn't know about this until afterward mm. like he didn't know the risks until after they just the president the though they basically yeah yeah mm-hmm. they injected him with it and then they told him after like oh it's already in your bloodstream now you have to play by our okay. rules you yeah, can't exactly. like ditch and yeah it's like well, why why is the president so important like why do we need him and he goes oh he's got a bunch of like information from nuclear fission and shit and he's like, okay, I don't really, I don't really care. He's got like tapes. He, he has to, uh, basically there's a peace summit between Soviet Russia, mm-hmm. because that still exists in 1997. Yeah. And China. <laughs> and the, yeah, D- Democratic Republic of China mm-hmm. um, and the U.S. And he's got like peace talks about like the nuclear fission. Yeah. In cool. That case. So that's why I need to bring it back. So they drop him down. Uh, he lands on the World Trade Center Tower, which is a little uh, twingy when it was happening. Because there's just a plane heading toward the World Trade Center. Um, well, speaking of which, when we actually see, like, um, we saw, like, Air Force One, like, flying in, they actually show, like, in a kind of, like, weird Tron-like graphics, like, it actually crashing into... Yeah, uh, that's true, into one of the towers. That's true. It's yeah. not, little, not specifically the World Trade Center, but, like, twitchy, another though. tower. It's a little that, twitchy. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of... Weird, okay. So he lands, and he's looking around, and he he uh, first tracks the escape pod, and obviously the president anywhere near there, but he also has a little tracker that sends him where 
uh, the president has like his bio signs um, uh, recorded. Yeah. So he goes to find them. Think like a, a smaller pit boy. That's, that's exactly what I trying. thought. It was like a pit boy. <laughs> yeah. 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 On his wrist. It's and so like he, a fat digital watch, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, his is. Uh, yeah. The president oh, has the president basically a, cool a pit boy. One. Okay. Uh, and so then he goes into a theater because that's where it is. And this is the first part where I'm just like, there's all this shit here. Like, what was the evacuation job like? Like when they evacuated people out of New York, did they just leave everything there? Like, well, I think it, it's supposed to like show that like because there there are cases like um, I forget where else. But there are like cases where they actually I don't want to like say the wrong place, but somewhere in South America, I think mm-hmm. there is actually like a case where they did wall off like an entire city and it's purely like a prison yeah and they have like prisoners their families they're all living in there and they all run it there's no guards that patrol inside they only patrol outside yeah that's Hmm. true but i mean like if i'm assuming there are like normal people living in manhattan before this happened so they probably had to evacuate them first you know what i mean correct no it got too bad that there was only criminals inside like might as well put a wall up might as well put a wall i think i think in this like case I mean, obviously, we don't know what the world was like yeah. in nineteen. Also, there's a movie. Well, also, like, think about, like, how New York was viewed, especially in the, like, 80s and 90s. That's true. That's a good point. It, like, crime was very High. rampant. That's true. And so I think, like, maybe kind of like, oh, yeah, we'll just designate this area. Like, anyone that can get out can get out. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. That's a very good point. And he walks into the theater and there's a gigantic performance actually going on in there. A bunch of the uh, people like who are, you know, prisoners are just putting on a performance. They're all in like dress and, you know, they're dancing, they're singing. Cool. And we're introduced to Ernie Borgnine. He's in the theater. He's watching all this. He's like, hey, Snake, you're here. And he just ignores him. And Snake goes into the basement and he's tracking the like the thing. Oh, wait, before you move on. Did you see Um, there's like a slight kind of like illusion of rape in there oh yeah yeah no i I was gonna skip that because it was twingy but i guess i'll go into it anyway there's a bunch of people like throwing around this like almost i think like unconscious woman in clockwork orange status ripping ripping her clothes and dancing which was really awkward because i watched this at work um (laughs) and so then there's a random homeless guy who has the president's wrist thing he basically he, he says he woke up with it on and he's like i knew i'd be the president with this on and snake's fucking pissed and beats him up and he tells uh the people uh, back at base like okay look the president's dead like the president like i don't know what to do and they're like well all right then you're dying like you have to fit you have to track him down or else you're gonna die and so he's like kind of like he doesn't know what to do from here and uh then he's like walking around and then he sees a bunch of the i think they're called crazies uh they're the clan that's run by uh, uh super saiyan buscemi okay wait and are they i'm assuming so I thought they were just like um, they're just another clan of people like we're running around. I think they like kind of alluded to that they live in the sewers and yeah. come out of the work work and they're cannibalistic. Yeah, yeah, they're the yeah. crazies. Because yeah, yeah they that said, sounds crazy. Like that, that sounds that, pretty that crazy. Checks all the marks off, you know, <laughs> cannibalism. You know, and so and so he has crazy to, super saiyan hair. Exactly. And so he has to hide from the crazies and he hides in a store called Chock Full of Nuts. Ah, okay. Uh, which I thought was kind of funny because that's basically what Manhattan is at this point. <laughs> Um, and so he goes in there and there's some random lady and she's like, you're a cop. And he says, an asshole, <laughs> which I think perfectly subs him up. Good. And so she's like, Hey, I can help you find the president if you want. She goes, he goes, what's in it for me? And she goes, what do you think? And then the crazies break in and fucking murder her. <laughs> cool. So like, this is kind of cool because like when she was a first introduced, 
I mean, maybe we can go into more detail later, but like, I thought it was kind of cool that like she's introduced as like, that you almost think that she's like, you know, going to be like, she's going to be like a love interest, the lead love interest and stuff. And then she's immediately like, just immediately killed, like sacrificed, which was actually really cool. I actually really liked that about the movie. I immediately, it immediately was like, Oh, Oh, I can't get attached to anybody. Very appreciated. Which sucks because then he runs back into Ernie Borgnine and he's driving a cab and he's, and, uh, and Snake's like, uh, I need to find, I need to find uh, someone. I need to find the president. And Cabby's like, I know everybody. And so he's like, who is the president? And Cabby's like, the Duke. Everyone knows the Duke. The Duke has the president. And he goes, oh, take me to the Duke. And he goes, <laughs> okay. And then he takes him to this like big like mansion. And in the mansion, we're introduced to Brain, or his name, Harold, as you might know him. Uh, and he's played by what's his name? Stanton. What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Uh, Harry Dean Stanton. He's a really good actor. I believe he's also in the thing. And, um, that's all I got. That's it. Wait, 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 what What? about the female? Who cares about her? She's like some bitch that was given to him, given to the brain by the dude. What? As far as I know, she's got no relevance whatsoever. Actually. So she actually does have a bit of relevance. I'm sure like Ethan can like point to this a bit more, but I actually kind of liked her character. Well, I saw I her think, for literally three seconds. Yeah, so I got. She's kind uh, of introduced. She's, she's sold. She's sold to me as a person that the Duke had, and the Duke as like a gift gave her to Brain. So I was just like, okay, so that's just who she is. She's like a like a a a, but, a butler or a I, maid, you know. I feel like she. I maybe I didn't pick up on that, but I think she's more attached to the Brain. Well, no, that's literally what the cabbie says. The cabbie says, yeah, you know, Duke just gave her to the brain. Mm. Yeah. she. I, I think she's like introduced as kind of like um, almost like a sex object in the movie. Oh, yeah. But I think, uh, again, I don't want to spoil anything for Ethan's part, but I think she's. Uh, well, we're going to get it spoiled anyway. Ethan, why don't you tell me what happens? Well, I realized that this is Snake. <laughs> that's the first thing I saw. I was like, this is a straight up Metal Gear. What's going on? Yep. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, it only took a couple lines, me taking down notes. Uh, Snake wanted to know what the president was, and I was like, okay, what's going on? Um, <laughs> did, how much of my, like, uh, my, my stuff here it just... It filled in pretty much everything. Okay, good. Um, so, <laughs> Snake was like, what, I'm like, what's going on? And Snake's like, I'm gonna kill someone, where's the president? And I'm gonna kill you, Harold. And then, it's like, the guy's like... Just one thing right now. Don't call me Harold. And they're like, okay, I'll show you where the president is. He's like, I'm going to kill you. And he's like, all right, don't. I'm going to show you where the president is. <laughs> and so they leave, and they start walking around outside, and then... This- Sorry, I just want to jump in. Did, like, You both saw him like carrying around that Uzi weapon. Yeah, that, with, was, like, yeah, that was awesome. An insane silencer and then an insane scope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a And like weapon. way too much like a- ammo in the thing, too. For those pretty of you that don't know, an Uzi is a, a machine pistol? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a really like, big and loud. submachine gun. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Anyway, uh, so he's walking around, and then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, no, the Duke's coming. And the Duke's rolling up. And the Duke's oh, no. rolling up in this crazy low rider with hyd- hydraulics and chandeliers. <laughs> yeah. Chandeliers <laughs> on the front. A disc- chandeliers. A you're not comprehending this. A <laughs> chandelier on the front. I don't understand. On the front of the hood. Two chandeliers, one on above each like uh, they're just bolted onto the front. Yeah. Of the How are they? What are they? Are they just dragging on the ground in no, front of the it, car? There's literally like a hanger. They're thing, hanging upside down. Like a metal piece, and then like it's like it's hold it like each of these like metal. Rungs it's super weird. Are Whoa. hanging? Are those supposed to be like the headlights? Sh- no, they're just chandeliers. <laughs> they're decorative. Mm. And status. So uh, apparently, 
Duke pops out of the car and he looks looking around and they're like, and he, Kurt Russell's like, yo, why why is he what's he looking for? And is that, and is Brain's that Super like, Saiyan and Brain's like me. No, Duke is Isaac Hayes. <gasps> He's like, I love balls, Isaac huh? Hayes. Chalter balls. That's what he says. <laughs> uh, no, he uh, does he cook anything? <laughs> he was he was a very imposing man in that movie. Yeah, oh, he's, he's an imposing man in general. Well, not anymore. He's bones now, but you know, oh. at the time. <laughs> so um, we have. Apparently, Duke wants the diagram of the bridge. And I was like, what the hell is the bridge? I didn't know what the bridge is. And the bridge, turns out, is a bridge. Correct me if I'm wrong, David. is a bridge filled with, like, mines. And he's the only one who knows how to, how to get off of it. So, like, of the several ways, like, um, to get out of this prison. Yeah. There's the water, which they show in the very beginning of the movie, where they're, like, people on a raft get blasted. Yeah, I forgot to tell you about that. People try to escape once at the beginning of the movie and they just blow them up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, which was pretty hilarious. Which is hilarious, yeah. Um, and then there's also like the bridges. So there are like, I guess they 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 show in some like the the um, Matte art that... Uh, right. That, which was beautiful, by the way. I got another good fact about that. Okay, wait. Okay. Um, but like uh, they show some of the bridges are destroyed, I believe. But then like, I guess there's like one or two bridges that are actually still up but they've mined them. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay, so he's probably must know the only way to get across without getting blown up. That will explain later. Um, so they sneak around and um, Mr. Mister um, Kurt Russell breaks, uh, beats up a dude, steals a What's car, his character name? snake. He's <laughs> Mr. Kurt Russell though to me. <laughs> he will always be. Of course. So he beats up this dude, steals his car, they start driving down, bro- uh, they go start driving and um, Brain is like, okay, we're going to take a shortcut to go down this place. We're going to take it down Broadway. And um, Maggie, is that her name? She's yes. like, no, don't. What? We can't go down Broadway. Carol's like, what's down Broadway? So he starts start driving down Broadway. And it's just a bunch of dudes just standing in, in the middle of the street for no reason. Which is like bricks and bats. And just start beating the crap out of the cars and just <laughs> drive through. And it's like this entire, like, I don't know, good like four or five minute sequence of them just driving slowly through as it just gets beat to hell. <laughs> It's super weird. You're gonna you're gonna break my chandeliers. <laughs> no, no, that's another car. They didn't steal oh, that car. They okay. stole another car. As, as crazy and like kind of like silly as the scene is, especially now today, I mm. think it does help. It, it, it's pretty cool. How dire like this place is. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of the time earlier, you're just seeing like abandoned streets. Like you yes. don't see much of anything. Broadway's where everyone is. are all hanging out. It's true. Uh, excuse me. So they get through there, um, and I was really confused what was going on. And Brain leads him to some people. I believe it's like the Duke's headquarters or something. Yeah, they go to like a train yard, which is like the Duke's headquarters. And that's but the Duke's where not there yet. Presumably holding the president. Yeah. So Kurt, uh, Brain starts talking to some people, distracting him as Kurt Russell sneaks around and tries to break in and, you know, murders a couple dudes and then starts untying the with president a throwing star. with a throwing star. Yeah, I saw throwing stars earlier in the movie. That was cool. It was pretty tight, right in the face. Oh, Whoa. but he did get shot in the leg. He did get shot in the arrow. leg with a boat with a crossbow type thing. Yeah. Ouch. Oh, yeah, so he So he's the, limping. Limping the entire rest of the movie. Which uh, is pretty awesome. So I, he's I, so he's snake limping now, right? <laughs> I, well, like I gotta say, I, I do appreciate that. Like once he's hurt, he's actually like hurt for the rest of the movie. Yeah, it's cool. He's, cur- do- he's hurt Russell. <laughs> they don't actually play it off though, like as like he magically heals, like you know. Yeah, it's more 90s like nineties Bond. You know, he, it's more like like a uh, diehard. The more he's hurt, the more you. Yeah, reform. It's, it's more. Like, yeah, it's more like diehard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like he's actually being worn down. It's uh, I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. So uh, they they rescued Duke. 
No, not Duke. They, they rescue the Duke. No, I'm sorry, they, but he's he's the bad guy. They rescue the, what pre- about the they president. They rescue the president. He starts walking out, but then salvation. but then suddenly, uh, Kurt Russell gets ambushed. All these dudes ambush him, and it's like the Duke found him, and he's like, "Friends of yours, Brain." And Brain's like, "Oh, he had a gun to me. There was nothing I could do," which is a lie. It's a lie. So you're kind of wondering, like, what is Brain like doing? Like, what does he? What does he get out of all this? Actually, why is Brain helping him? I don't know. They did introduce, um, there might have been like a little small section in between your two parts. That they you say made. that uh, him and like Snake and Harold knew each other, but. Yes. Yeah, and you're right. I was on by one part. They yeah. knew each other from a past job, which could have been, they allude to it, and but like there's no definitive proof that it might have been like the one where they robbed basically like the U.S. Treasury. Right, right, right. And um, was it Harold the Brain um, left early? leaving Snake to get caught, basically. Uh, I see. So you think he might feel like he owes him? Maybe. Um, I think that he, like, because, like, they did have, like, that trust long ago. It was just, like, you know, I thought one... Snake almost killed Brain, though. I think he, he did, like, harbors he a lot of hate. Off. Yeah. Well, I guess that yeah, makes sense. Because okay. you left him to die. Yeah. Um. But sorry. I'm, I'm trying to remember. They, they do go in later about the fact that, like, um, he starts trusting him more. I think in this case, he like kind of trusts him a At little this bit. Part, yeah, I was a little bit like, I don't know, like maybe I'm not sure or tentatively. Um, mm-hmm. And at this point, a helicopter's flying over. It cuts to a helicopter flying. It's got this cool like vector graphic down view. And it's like, whoa, this is crazy. This looks dope. Yeah, all the lines. And then and I was shit. like, what's going on? And then I was like, yeah. wait a second. Is New York a prison? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I can tell. So, I like this. Uh, I like this. They... So um, they go to another scene, you know, they're, uh, Kurt Russell's captured. Um, they're just, Isaac Hayes is just shooting at the president for fun. He's like got him tied up and he's like holding on. I'm going to get you, Snake. He, <laughs> I guess at this point, wow, wow I kind of lost what was happening. <laughs> a things, lot of stuff happened at once. Things do happen happens, like, a super lot, fast. really fast. Um, so I guess they s- signal for the cops to show up, the bad guys do, and then they ambush them. Uh-huh. Am I right? I don't know. Am I right, David? I, I, like your description is gonna like I'm trying to like remember because like I know a helicopter the helicopter lands and they're right. like oh man they're by the place where they need food like the food drop oh, off oh yeah so they cap- oh yeah they're waiting for the food to drop no, off. no 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 um so they capture snake they um capture brain the pres- and the, the president. president um and all of them um but then they basically um while they're there's a scene where they're like having fun and they shoot off the briefcase because it's chained to um, to the president's arm. Yes. The president's arm. By the way, I have a question: Is the president missing a finger? Yes. Okay. From the rest of the movie, he's actually missing the finger. Okay. Okay. Um, I wasn't sure if this was like a big Lebowski type thing where like they just cut off a guy's finger that they found. No. Okay. Yeah. Um. And then in that, um, the Steve Buscemi guy pockets um a tape that he finds in there. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, that's kind of important. Yeah, it's the fission tape, probably. Which I had no idea. I was like, what's the tape? Why is it even oh. in the briefcase? Oh, it's the tape. Yeah, like, honestly, like, I had to kind of, like, look this up to see what was exactly on the tape, because they play a little bit later on, but, yeah, it's hard to tell. Um, and so the president's still tied up, and then Snake wakes up, basically, at crossbow gunpoint. Point. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Cross point. <laughs> so he wakes up at crossbow point, but I'm, I'm, what I'm asking is, like, Oh, Why so, are the cops there? Why are the cops flying in? So um, they're like uh, basically since they've been out of like radio communication for so long with uh, without like Snake responding. Oh, uh, okay. They fly around oh. and they get flagged down by um, the Duke's goons, and that's where they find the briefcase. But inside is basically like a ransom that, note. That was it. Yeah, oh, that okay. was it. And then they say the ransom note says you have to um, bring the ga- like bring the president over, right? Um, you have to but, bring the pre- no uh, release everyone from New York. 
or we'll kill the president. Oh, damn. Basically, yeah, they want like a blanket um, pardon for everyone in New York. (laughs) That's going to work. Yeah, totally. So they're like, nah, that ain't going to happen. Hey, the U.S. has gone to like shit, you know? I guess so. True. So um, their plan, uh, what was it? Um, Brain was talking about a plan to try to escape. Right. He was talking, I believe at this point he was trying to, he was, at this point he betrayed everyone because they kind of trusted him a little bit mm-hmm. brain but he is went he back, fed up with this world kind of well actually it's kind of important to note like at this point they didn't he like look at the map or whatever and realize that what snake had said before about like oh i got, i want to get the president out it's true they find like they figure out um that on the world trade center yes. is where the glider yeah, is and and oh yeah, yeah but he says go. that the glider's not gonna work like he, they're he like fucked it up yeah, but they don't know that. So they think that's our like their ticket out of there. Oh. Yeah, that's it. So they're like, we're going to take the president, we're going to get out of here, and then they're going to pardon us. That glider looked so tiny. I can't believe they're going to fit more than one person in there. You got to try. Yeah. Uh, so all of a sudden, they like bring it. Bring out uh, Kurt Russell, mm-hmm. and they're gonna put him in like kind of like a Mad Max Thunderdome type area. Okay, where he has to fight um, this dude who straight up looks like Zangief from Street Fighter. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly what I, I jumped into my head when I saw him. He's actually a professional wrestler. That makes Zangief? sense. Um, Both, they, yeah. I think in the movie they refer to him as the Ox. Ooh, the Ox. He's literally barrel chested and like got like a crazy beard, um, mostly bald. Right. Big dude, like just you know, flexing the entire time with like can't put his Mus- arms down. Muscle power for you. <laughs> uh, so Isaac Hayes is standing up, kind of like talking about this fight. He's like, "We're gonna fight," and he says, "They sit in their best man, and when we roll down the 69th Street Bridge tomorrow on our way to freedom, we're gonna have their best man leading the way from the neck up." Oh. That's crazy. That's a pretty good line. And I was like, a pretty good line. And then at the end, he goes, And I'm like, uh, I'm like, that that speech was kind of awkward because they're like clapping and then it's like another like thing to tack on. He's like, oh, by the way, this is actually what I I want to clarify. Yeah, he had to clarify it and that was weird. That that, that really undermined his speech. Good going, Isaac. You probably should have prepared that beforehand. It's like a business speech that just won't end. Yeah. And you keep expecting like clapping. And now if you look at my second slide on this PowerPoint presentation that I have. (laughs) Graph's going up. (laughs) Graph's going up. I like those. So... At this point, Brain betrays everyone and shoots. No, he stabs the guy with the funky hair. Funky hair guy. Yeah, uh, Super Saiyan Buscemi. Super, Super Saiyan Buscemi. He stabs him, and then Maggie just murders everyone else that was in the room. Yeah, which is totally badass. She actually like shoots like three guys with a freaking revolver. Sweet. That's pretty with cool. a scope attached for no yeah. reason. Yep. <laughs> well, you know, scopes make everything cooler. Scopes, just in case. What if she wanted to shoot really far away? <laughs> so they take him. Um, they unlock him, start running around. They start going for the trade center and trying to get to that, um, glider. Right. So, um, you know, snake then nails this dude straight up in the head Ugh. after like a long fight. It's important to note that even though they're in a wrestling ring, they're not actually wrestling. And they're they, also given weapons. They're, they're <laughs> given weapons immediately. So at first it's aluminum bats, then it's bats with nails. <laughs> oh. yeah. And so he murders them and they all start chanting his name and it's it's crazy. It's like all snake, man. Snake, snake, Pretty much. And then exactly. everyone here is like, guys, they let the president out. And everyone's like, well, this is more important. And they all just leave. They just run out. Yeah. This huge crowd of people just leave. And Snake's like, well, I'm going to do whatever now. So he gets his little tracker back and turns on the tracker and starts saying like, you know, I'm still here. 
Please find me. Yeah, because they still think that he's under radio silence. So they're actually so like they assume he's in dead. the military. Yeah, yeah, at this to point, go they assume he's him. dead. Right, right. So he's like, no, I'm back. And everyone's like, oh, man, cool. He's back. Well, he's only got like some minutes left. Like he doesn't have long. Oh, no, he's going to die. He's got like a couple of hours at best. A couple hours left. So um, he runs the World Trade Tower because he knew. He knows that they are on there trying to get the glider. Uh huh. And it's uh, kind of funny because like all like it took them that long to get from the World Trade Center to here, and now it's just instantly he's there. Yeah, exactly. Rooftop. It was super weird. He's basically up there instantly, and they're well. That's why they got him. He's so quick. They're everyone just shooting. They all just shooting and stuff. <laughs> Special forces. Yeah. And yeah. having a big old fight, and then these dudes just take the glider and just rip it off and throw it down the. Oh damn! Down. Yeah, glider's out of commission. Yeah. So there's no glider. So they say, all right, well. Let's, what a shitty glider let's, it let's, is. Let's take the car downstairs. So they go downstairs, they try to take a car, but then they're like, oh, it's not starting. What the heck? And they open up the trunk, not the trunk, the engine, and a <laughs> dude is hiding in the hood. And he's like, uh, and, then, and then Isaac Hayes is like, car troubles. Oh, damn. He found That's him. great. That was a pretty good, was pretty good another line. Another good line. I like that line. <laughs> uh, so what happened next? I don't um, know. So at this point, it turns into like, um, a point where oh, something about the tape because he got to get the tape with the information on it i think he gets the tape back okay so they they run into um the cabbie that was a the cabbie ernie guy. borgnine yeah, that guy. <laughs> um and they run away don't they they, they start they, they just start, sh- they start shooting and then they escape they escape and they run into him they get into his cabbie and then they they're basically going to drive yes. over the bridge and he has the tape Oh. And they also have like the map that gets them across the bridge safely. Ooh. Supposedly, yeah, interesting. And so um, everything's going great. Ernie yeah. actually has the tape because somehow he like he traded his hat for the tape and like because that Steve, hat was a, that was a nice hat. Steve, I mean, it was a pretty nice hat. Steve Buscemi didn't know that um, the tape actually had any importance, uh. and so he traded it, um, not thinking anything better. Right. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, and then, uh, and so they like. Snake plays it for like a second on the tape David, deck. This is my turn. Sorry. You go, he you plays go. it for a second. I'm only here to ask you questions just to help me for a little bit. I wanted to get you back on track. No, so. I got it. I got on track. Um, so the, <laughs> they they played the tape uh-huh. and I was like, wow, this tape has Loving some weird stuff on it. You. No, 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 no. <laughs> it, it, before it was some jazz music, which is important. Yeah. Um, so they're going down the bridge and... They what happens that something happens and they flip over. I know. I know. Thank you, David. Now let me take it from here. Uh. <laughs> no, like so. So Snake is like looking at his like little watch display, right? Because he's probably running out of time. Yep. Yeah, and he is like running out of time, so he's like very anxious and he keeps looking at it. But at the same time, he's like speeding up, and it's like a very like this is a derelict bridge. It's got cars, potholes, stuff like that, and mines on right. it. Right. Obviously. And so the guy's like trying to na- the brain's trying to navigate him through it. And he's trying to speed through it. Right. And it's not working out mm-hmm. um, because then eventually... Snake I guess, needs to poop. <laughs> the, well, I mean, that's just how I feel when I'm in traffic. And I'm like, I got to poop. I keep looking at my watch. Try to avoid all the mines. All the that was a stretch, that man. That was a stretch. Poop in my pants. That was a stretch. Okay. A little personal there. <laughs> yeah. A little too real. <laughs> um, but I guess they technically hit a mine. But it severs the car perfectly in half. Oh, yeah. one slide goes forward, one slide. Yeah, it goes right, and then uh, your your buddy dies. Ernie Ernie dies. Uh-huh. He dies. He's dead. But the president's still alive, and Maggie's still alive, and Brain's still alive, and Snake's still alive. So they all run down. <laughs> they conti- all the aboard people everyone, are alive. Everyone else is alive. And they, they continue on foot. It's they, important to note at this point that um, the Duke is in pursuit. 
Yes, this entire Ooh. time the Duke's been chasing them. How does he know where to go? Like, how he's does he following know them. Well, he's following in, the in cars. his chandelier car. He's also in the chandelier car. He's just following where they go. Okay, okay. So he's avoiding all the lines as well. So, um, they get to the bridge. Let's see, they're on the bridge. Blah, 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 blah. I really need to write these notes down. Like, doing it digitally is just not, it's just not <laughs> doing it for me. Oh. Can we have a counter no, for no, no, how no. many times uh, Ethan suggests writing them down and never does? It never does. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. I'll fill it in. No, 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 no. Right. No, we got all it. Right, right. We got it. It's cool. I'm fine. I just got to find David, it. David, did you know that in, on 9 11, Steve Buscemi was actually there as a volunteer fireman and didn't want any kind of press for it? Yes. Did you also know he was dressed up like a Super Saiyan whilst doing it? <laughs> so, <laughs> yay! So, so, Brain's running around yelling the instructions go right, go left, go right, go left. And he says, go left, go left. And then he goes right and then uh, he dies. I didn't get that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, basically, like they're on foot and they're trying to like navigate. And I guess. It's kind of like there's some weird. confusion, and he's like lagging behind. And I guess he's like maybe focusing on where they are at. Oh, he's he's behind. Going. It's dumb, kind he of. He like runs into an, like an, a mine, a mine, and, dies. A mine and the dies. Brain. The brain. Oh no! So now they don't know how to get there. Oh no! So Maggie's like, "What? This is terrible." She's super pissed. I bet she's super pissed. And he's like, "Come on, we gotta go." And she just looks at him, and just motions him to come towards her. But actually, what she's actually motioning for is the gun in his hand. And she she throws her the gun, and he just keeps running. And she just holds back and just starts shooting at Isaac Hayes in his car. And uh, it's a pretty badass moment. It's a pretty badass moment. And she does really great, except she didn't hit him at all. And then he runs straight <laughs> into her and murders her. That's what, See, that's why the chandeliers her. are there, is to protect the, the tires from getting <laughs> shot at. See, this is where I think like it kind of matters, because like A, she's not a sex object anymore. She actually is like pretty awesome. She killed a couple of dudes. She tried to take out Isaac Hayes. Yeah. And then also like you can see her attachment to the brain because she's almost like committing suicide willfully. Yeah. I guess, I guess um, my knowledge of her in those first five <laughs> seconds that I knew her was kind but, of uh, misleading. Which, which is, no, no, but like, I think honestly, like the way that she's introduced um, again, it's like, you think that she's like going to be the sex object of or just like, the useless film. basically yeah. or the but love interest, you know, no, she, she has isn't. good but ideas. She's, she gives us stuff. She's all right. Yeah. But she's actually, but she not. also stays out of the way like a good woman should. So <laughs> it's kind of great. Not wow. That was, that was, that was a joke. <laughs> she she didn't stay out of the way of that car though. <laughs> well, it's a good thing she wasn't driving or something. They could have just oh. fallen right off the bridge. <laughs> Man, the point the of the sexism movie, is killing me inside. <laughs> the point of the movie, though, it, it kind of like subverts expectations in a bit, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, Too bad Mike doesn't subvert expectations. <laughs> On point as usual. Uh, <laughs> as we expect. All right. So it's at the final thing. They're almost there. They make it to the end. The cops like cut the barbed wire from the fence. Uh, they they throw down a rope. The president jumps on the rope. He starts going up, and. Uh, Isaac Hayes is in pursuit. He's on the ground now. He's running after him. Uh, Kurt Russell grumps on the rope and starts getting pulled up and then stopped halfway through. Like, what the heck? Why is he stopped? And Isaac Hayes is like, you're dead now. And he pulls out his gun. But instead you see the president with like a machine gun Whoa. and he just murders Isaac Hayes. Oh. Just shoots him dead because it was a trap to kind of get him to come out. That's why I kept Kurt Russell there. Right. And he's like, all right, Kurt Russell can come out now. So it was really kind of crazy. He's just like, I'm a murderous dude. Yeah. And used Kurt Russell's like bait. Basically. Yeah. It, it's also important that like um, he's like sort of taunting uh, Isaac Hayes when he's like murdering him mm -hmm. because he was like forced to do that when he was like kind of like tied up and everything. Right. Yep. Yep. 
Sweet uh, justice. And then, so yep. how, how much time is left on uh, Snake's little wristwatch? Oh, just in time. Literally like two minutes. Yeah, literally, no, not even that. Oh, yeah. By now, it's like two minutes. And then he goes up. Because, I mean, and they're like, all right, we're going to save the bomb off of you. And the guy's like, uh, the military man is like, all right, give me the tape. And he's like, okay, here's the tape. He's like, thanks. All right, now you can disable it. So he gets the tape. And everything's cool and everything's calmed down. Everyone's happy. Literally it's great. two seconds. To Literally explosion. like two oh. seconds left to explosion when they disable it. So scary. So, uh, man, I was worried who's going to show up for the sequel. I mean, the, so the president's going to do <laughs> a, uh, President's gonna do a speech. He's getting uh-huh. ready for it. And Kurt's like, I mean, because he's missing the uh, peace conference. Yeah, he's missing right, the peace right. conference. He's, so a he's, gonna, he's, he's gonna be like, hey, you know, I was kidnapped, blah, blah, blah. Here's my stuff. Um, <laughs> that's no excuse. That's no excuse. <laughs> Some peace. Uh. <laughs> so Kurt's, he's getting ready. And Kurt asks him, like, how do you feel about the people he died? And he just gives like the most BS like response of just like, well, I feel it's all great. I'm grateful for all their lives and all the people I, you know, I had to kill. And it's, you know, it's, it sucks, but mm-hmm. it's how it goes, you know. And Chris is like, not nah, happy with that. At the he's end like, of the day. He's like, politicians, huh? And so uh, the president goes up and he starts giving his speech and he says, like, you know, all right, so we have this new thing that's going to help. I'm not exactly sure the exact quote he said, but he basically said, like, well, this new thing is going to help. It's going to be great. And then he plays the tape and it's jazz music, the same jazz music Ooh. that was being played by the cabbie. cabbie. Oh. And then you see Kurt Russell walking away. He's got the tape. With the tape, and he's tearing it up. And that's the end of the movie. <sighs> I did miss one part, though, where he was offered a job by uh, the military man. He's like, we can make a great team together. He's like, nah. nah. Not and interested. Then he, and then he leaves. Not interested, and he leaves. Mm. It's like, you did good, man. He's like, nah. And then he just tears up the tape. It's Damn. Like, it's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. It's a cool ending. Yeah. Um. So this movie... I didn't know what was going on, but I really liked the style of it a lot. I loved how it was shot. It and was I super liked the enjoyable. Too. It was really fun, and I wish I, I wish I had watched the whole thing. I really enjoyed the first half. I liked the first half. It was really methodical. The first half, like it, it's really slow. Like you hardly see any characters or any real action, uh, and I liked that. Like it was a good like setup and like getting us into the world and into the city. And I really dug that. So first question for you is: Oh boy, it's um, a whole quiz <laughs> quiz show with David. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So, did you guys know what was actually on the tape? Jazz. Uh, nuclear fusion <laughs> codes. It was like nuclear that. fusion, like a uh, like a thing for the thing. They, they kind of mentioned that, but it's actually like um a new like bomb, basically that the U.S. is unveiling oh. as a show of power at this peace talk. So it's oh. kind of ironic that it's a peace talk, but they're basically like um unveiling eh, the next like. I kind of figured that was gonna happen. I get, bomb, yeah, basically. That makes like sense. I thought what happened was gonna happen was like Isaac Hayes are gonna play it, and it was gonna be like a bomb that would be killing like them or whatever, like it'd be important to them or something like that. But yeah, I it like I kind of figured it was gonna be like something that would be doing something that was the opposite of peace, basically. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think it's important for that. Um, which for reasons I'll go into later. This movie is so cynical. Um, <laughs> couldn't tell <laughs> like most 80s movies yeah so yeah what did you think of how it was like shot I liked it I mean John Carpenter John Carpenter is interesting because he doesn't like to move the camera a lot like no, he, he doesn't he moves it laterally but the camera's not a character some steady shots like but very like very static shots mostly. yeah like the only time I can think of the camera being a character is like in Halloween the very opening shot oh, where, yeah. where we're like yeah Mike, Michael Myers other than that, though, like he, it's shot really simply. This film, it's shot like, but it's also shot in an interesting way. Like, oh my god, the night shots like the lighting was especially at night. It yeah, looks it was, so it was pretty. really well lit. Yeah, um, yeah, I loved how it was shot. It's just the style of everything. Just how he had, he has such a good way of like making just places like run down and crappy, lived like, in, 
Speaking of rundown and crappy, did you know they actually shot that on like location in like an Detroit. actual town? Yeah, good quit. Like good, good, guess. good guess. Um, it was actually St. Louis, ah. East St. Louis, Illinois. <laughs> and it is actually kind of cool for the nighttime scenes. They actually got like the city to like shut off like the power to an entire like block area Whoa. and they'd film at night. It got so crazy that like a lot of like um, the people there actual like homeless people had people. Yeah. Well, no, like the people that were working on set were oh. having trouble like adjusting back to like daytime because like light was weird for them. I bet also like this kind of has to do with it. I bet it was really tough for like Kurt Russell to get used to like only using one eye. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever worn an eye patch before, but you get kind of sick. The no, first couple he hours. had to take off the patch and take breaks after every take because of um, like he, it was doing stuff to his depth perception. Yeah, it really screws. It makes you real dizzy. Like, I don't know how people I mean, obviously people with no eye, like no eye hobbies. <laughs> They're not going to have any depth perception anyway. No, you're right. But like, but like actors who have to do it a lot, like, man, that must real you suck. You have a fake eye patch where you can see through it. And can like, you do that? Probably. It's probably something that looks like maybe. Very but yeah, thick. oh my god, like that because I've worn an eye patch before because I thought it was cool, and uh, <laughs> and yeah, not man. a medical reason, just no, just, just for cool. style, right? I remember one time I was in a, a a blockbuster, and me and my brother had these like canes that we were walking around with, and we were in line, and behind us was a guy with an actual cane, like who really needed it. Boy, was that awkward. <laughs> it felt so man. bad. Yeah, like oh, I'm, I'm I'm using this as like a fashion statement. <laughs> Well, these people used to wear fake glasses or whatever. That's true. Um, it was a really cool cane, though. It was like an cool. eight ball cane. It was real sweet. <laughs> I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. So, Davey, what else do you have to tell us? So, interesting fact. Uh-huh. Those, those sweet. T-I-L. Those sweet matte paintings, which still, like, a lot of the graphics. You actually, gotta say matte paintings. It's matte paintings. It's not matte paintings. I'm tomato, tomato. No, no, no. <laughs> it's right and it's wrong. Tomato, tomato. This is no gif. There's no gif, no gif argument. This is a straight it's way a to say painting. it. All right, fair enough. Matte paintings. So, matte paintings. Right. Um, did Matisse do them? Guess who did them? Matisse. Matt. <laughs> Matt Mateo. <laughs> James Cameron. Oh wow! The oh, really? James Cameron. Yeah, that's what like um he first was like working on. Were they big? Were they like big paintings? Uh I. I was I he like this painting? It, it, I want to do it, but like the technology is not caught up to it, so I'm really <laughs> waiting to do it later. Was well, it a Titanic painting, or was it just well, like actually? Painting? That's a good point because no. um, James Cameron was a very big proponent of widescreen format back when it wasn't popular. Yeah. I can, so, imbe- like, I can believe that. He's like, been on the cusp of most like technological. Technology. Yeah, that makes sense. yeah, like a lot of like the technology um, in this film, like the the special, you know, mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to call it CG, but the special effects. Yeah, special effects. That's what um, <laughs> that's what it used to be called back in the day when they were special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, but they do like still hold up. Like, I watched, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, a, a couple of the mats looks a bit like flat but other than that yeah when they drop like a was it the glider off of the world trade center oh, that, that looks really bad cheesy. that looked really bad yeah but like the overhead shot um when they're the helicopter like, yeah tight you know tight. How, you know how they did it it was Tron. A, it was a little tiny uh, flyover set and then no put, because it was it was all put, digital no no that was not actually no it wasn't digital it was an actual building that like it was a big like it was it was a big model that they put actual lights on they they couldn't do like they 3D couldn't do 3d graphics they couldn't of, afford like, them the actual so those like, that's an actual city. set that they made and it was really tiny and they just flew a tiny camera over it and attached lights to the sides of the little tiny what? set yeah and it was reflective tape yeah. yeah it was reflective tape weird 100 percent you didn't know this 
No, because it looked like just computer-generated imagery. Yeah, but they didn't have computer-generated imagery, or they couldn't afford it, so they couldn't do that. Weird. Isn't that interesting? So they had a. So instead, they could afford making an entire like little miniature. It, it's set. so weird how the price of like CGI has dropped so dramatically that like I know. it's like oh, it's cheaper to make it physically. It's like what the f- really? I know, right? Is Isn't that it? weird? Okay, but it kind of looked cool. Like uh, the thing is, I knew that, and so when I saw that effect, I'm like, yeah, it does kind of just look like they did that. But it, yeah, it was see, I didn't know. So yeah. that was cool. So, like, do you know why the like the film had such like a kind of like negative view of um, like the government and the president in particular? Was it because it was made in the eighties? <laughs> well, that's true, but it was actually written in 1976, right after the Watergate scandal. Oh, yeah. So I I think like John Carpenter like he wanted to write like a sci-fi you know like you know sort of post-apocalyptic sci-fi adventure. But like also touched on that kind of stuff. Right. That's what sci-fi cool. does. Sci-fi which is a reflection of. I, I wouldn't really call it sci-fi though. It feels it's, more like it's an action not. adventure. It's more film. like an action adventure. That's more of how he described it though. Is sci-fi. But it is sci-fi because it is in the future though. That's true. So and it is fiction. Technology. Yep. Yeah. That's true. It's, it's, kind it's, of, it counts. it's in the future. It's all the way in 1997. It's so hard sci-fi. <laughs> but it is his sci-fi. Yeah. It's it's making me soft sci-fi. Uh, <laughs> is there any other cool shit we need to know about this movie? Um, I don't know. I like. I just wanted to kind of go into why I appreciate the film a bit. All right, let's talk about that because I was going to ask you what. Like, obviously, you like this movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it shot well. It is shot beautifully. Like the lighting is amazing in a lot of. I like scenes. the music. I think the acting is really well done. Oh, another factoid. Guess who did the music? I know Jar Carpenter did the music. He does the music for all his fucking movies. Well, yeah. <laughs> he does, yeah. Well, fun fact. He's a composer. Fun fact for anyone who didn't read the opening credits of the movie. I didn't. But like he, like that kind of like synth tone like was very like 80s. And I think that yeah. like kind of defined the a lot of The music was really good. The music yeah. was really good. I liked it a lot. Yeah, John Carpenter is a really good uh, acclaimed uh, musician. Yeah. He's done a lot of his own music. Yeah. No, so like I I I dug that kind of like I kind of dig specifically like that kind of 80s futuristic sci-fi. Um you know, like, like it has a good feel. It has good style, man. It's got that style, though. It does. Yeah. It's yeah. got that. Also, like that's that the thing too. Of, it's dark, but man, is it like I always bring this motherfucking shit up. But this, it had some good stark color to it. <laughs> it did. It had some good color to it. Like, I like there's this really there's this really great out. part if where there was a counter for every time I said color, I think it would outweigh every I'm, time you said I'm gonna write it. Are you gonna write, talk uh, about the glider scene? Yeah, the glider yeah. scene. When he's in the glider and he's just being illuminated by the like the green tint of his like the 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 screen. You can see like the yeah the green tint in front, but like red, red behind back. him, and mm. it's really stark. It was really cool. It actually reminded me. Speaking of Stark, it reminded me of uh, the scenes in uh, Iron Man where you just see like Tony's face and his face is just oh, being yeah. illuminated by stuff. It reminded me a lot of that, and it was really it was just a really cool shot. Like it's really minimal, but it it also just gets you real close to the protagonist of the movie, and it really makes you it puts us in his place without it being a straight up like point of view shot. So you would you would consider this like an action movie, right? Oh, absolutely, definitely. That's what we were calling it earlier. Yeah, but like, were there that many explosions? I mean, I didn't see a lot in the beginning of it. There were some. Yeah, some. Um, I mean, there is an entire. It, it, it's it's no uh, hard boiled, but no, it's know, not hard boiled. Some... What about like gunfire? Was there a lot of that? Are, are you fuck? You already know these questions. I do. <laughs> They're all rhetorical. <laughs> but, like, the point I wanted to bring was like, um, I think it's a the, minimal action film, is what you're saying. Like, well, it uses it for when it needs it. Basically. I think it kind of used like some horror concepts to I like mean, it is to like pace it a bit like a horror film, 
but it's still an action movie. Or it's, which not I like, was, it's not like gratuitous in the amount of like action, so you don't get tired right. of it. So I when mean, it does happen, it's like, oh man, this is crazy. I yeah. just assumed it was because it was a low budget film. They needed to budget like their explosions yeah. and like uh, set pieces. Out, too. Basically, it was a, like it was a decently funded film. I mean, I don't really have a good number number, but yeah, it was I mean, decent, it's Carpenter. Carpenter's never really had that big of a budget before. Yeah. Almost ever, really, I think, because yeah, most of his movies are really minimal. Like Halloween takes place in a neighborhood. This takes place like in a whole town, but they had to shoot down <laughs> just Manhattan. Well, no, it isn't even Manhattan. Like it takes place in Manhattan, but it takes place like they actually shot it on one, like know. a couple blocks in St. Louis. Yeah, they also actually did um, film part of it on Liberty Island, which was the first one. Mm-hmm. First oh, film here's another that. question I have before we uh, take us out of this uh, little uh, podcast we got. So you've seen the sequel. Yes. All right. It takes place in L.A.? Yes. Did So what? It's exactly the same plot. It's just in L.A.? There's definitely like some mirrored moments, but it's definitely a lot cheesier, which <laughs> no, is funny because it was I done mean, in like, 1996. I mean, like plot-wise, it's just an, an important person lands in L.A. and Snake has to go to a prison that is apparently also in L.A. Um, is that basically the plot of the movie? Think about the jump between Taken and Taken 2. Mm. And you're like, it's kind of a similar thing. I don't think this is too much of a spoiler, but Snake has to go into L.A., to rescue the president's daughter. Oh, God. <laughs> nice. Does he have to go on a date with the president's daughter afterward? Uh, my date with the president's daughter? Man, what a good movie. That was a Disney movie. <sighs> yeah. If you guys want us to see my date with the president's daughter, why don't you go to our Facebook and Twitter page? Have you seen my date with the president's daughter? I think I have. Oh, no. What about you, David? Have you seen my date with the president's Wasn't daughter? Wasn't that on Disney Channel? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Then I probably did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I watched it. So I was like, wow, president. That'd be crazy. <laughs> I wonder what would happen if it landed in the middle of a Manhattan prison. <laughs> Well, would, he, would I still go on the date with that daughter? <laughs> or would I have to go and save him? Oh, man, she'd be really mad if her dad died. I probably gotta go I'd save him. I probably gotta go save him. But, but then she'd be sad and I'd be there for her. Like, mm, for her to, like, cry, like, cry on, on, on me. But then Whoa. she might be too sad she won't go to prom with me. Oh, I need to go to prom. Oh, no, I got a big boil on my nose. I can't go to prom. Ah, forget all this. I'm staying home. Speaking of Steve Buscemi, though. <laughs> yeah? He's actually in the sequel. What? <laughs> Perfect. Is he a Super Saiyan? Um, no, his hair is actually tamed. Oh, that's hilarious that I was calling him but Super he, Saiyan Buscemi. But he act, like, yeah, it's kind of funny that they actually get the real Steve Buscemi. Do you guys want us to watch the sequel of this movie? Why don't you email us at email theotherfpodcast.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, if you enjoyed David here giving us some really cool uh, trivia, uh, why don't you give us a five star rating review on iTunes? Uh, and whatever you write, whatever the review is, we will read on the show. Even if it is a one-star rating, go ahead. We'll read it on the show. Why not? Why not? Uh, David, thank you so much for coming on this episode. Thanks for having me. I, we enjoyed it. It was it, good fun. It was a lot of fun. I'm glad we could get some information insight. One final thing that I forgot to mention. Did anyone notice in the sound design how it seemed like there was always a flanger going on? Like, uh, where it was like the, the sound was like going in and out kind of. I know. Way? It, what was it in, um... There was one scene in particular where like it was really bad like there's some background noise and then it would cut out when they'd cut back to like that one was, person That was the one thing I didn't like is I thought the sound design in the movie was kind of weird I think when they shot on location there were some cases where it was like yeah It was muddy background noise and they tried to remove it and they didn't Yeah they probably should have just gone in and like ADR'd the scene but maybe that would have been too expensive or taken too much time Yeah I think it was kind of hard too because it wasn't like you could hide a lot of their That's true Anything else you want to say? Nope, that's it. Just want to mention that. Okay, great. Uh, David, now it's your turn. You have to say goodnight, everybody. Goodnight, everyone. 
people always fuck up the end of this goddamn podcast. Well, like, good night, everybody. There you go. All good right. night. Good night. Ethan, say good night. No. <laughs> <laughs>